Hello, listeners. Today's podcast, I I say today's, I don't even know uh, exactly when this will go up. I was going to talk about one of my other passions. Talked about cars. Talked about movies. Another passion of mine is gaming. Mostly, when I say gaming, I'm referring to computer games, but I'm debating about whether to talk about what I'm playing now and working my way back, or if I should start with the beginning of where I am today, what my interests have been, and how things have changed. So I probably will. I'll probably start with history and work my way forward. Um... Gaming has always been a outlet for me. Uh, I'm not a social person. And I'm not that outgoing. So gaming gave me an opportunity to, you know, uh, as time went on, to become something I'm not. And get away with things I can't get away with in real life. But if I look back historically, I love games. I was a big reader growing up. Um, I love watching, playing games. The first electronic games I can remember, uh, probably besides like Operation, um, which... I didn't enjoy getting shocked, so wasn't a big fan of Operation. So if we move beyond that, um, I had a handheld football game um, where you were just red blips on the screen. You played an opposing team. Um, I remember there was a move you could do on third down almost every single play and score a touchdown. Um, Making that not so challenging. I don't know if it's really considered hacking or cheating, but um, you could trick the opposing team into going one way and they go the opposite way really quickly by, by pressing the right buttons. Um... I also had a game made by a company. I believe the company's name was Tiger. Uh, I don't know what the name of the device was, but it was really small. Um, I would say, uh, I'm trying to think of something equivalent to the size of it. Like a small picture frame, maybe. Uh that was like Simon. Simon was a almost the size of a record um, with four different colors on it. Um, <clears throat> Simon, you could play by yourself because what Simon would do is it would play a pattern, colors and lights, and you would rep- then it would stop and you would replicate that color and that and that same pattern. Um, 
you can play with multiple people with up to four people each having their own color they mash you mash and they have to match everybody has to match um the tiger one was a little bit it was it was supposed to be more basic um but it also had like a higher function where it actually had symbols so the symbols would also play into it you know it's a square a circle a triangle um and a star i think and it would you could also do it by the pattern so you you didn't actually have to pay attention to the color so it did sound color and shape so it could be really complicated <clears throat> so that i would consider those electronic gaming things devices uh friends of mine got a in television um i got an atari 2600 um my uncle had the atari he had almost every game was absolutely blown away i spent a lot of money in arcades playing games so uh arcade games at the time i don't even understand where I got so many quarters. Um, but I played video games at the arcade. There was a 7-Eleven near my house. Actually, it was called Stop and Go near my house um, that we could walk to. And they had either Pac-Man or Donkey Kong for a long, 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 long time. And then eventually one of those would go away and they'd bring in a new machine. But they always had one classic one there all the time. And people would just wait their turn to play they would actually there was a little ledge at the top of the arcade game where you could put your quarter and you would place your quarter and there would be like five or six quarters lined up always people wanted to take a turn um <clears throat> i would also when i had the opportunity would go to the local mall um there was a place there called barrel of fun uh the entranceway was a giant barrel shape it was uh very iconic at the time, I guess. Um, but there were a bunch of arcade games in there. Um, always had the newest stuff. I remember um, going there e e into the late 80s where they even had like uh, Dragon Slayer, which is a video game that was video based. You would do perform a maneuver. And based on how well you perform the maneuver, it would skip to that part of the disc and it would play a video. Um, I think they have things to replicate that now, but man, that was just like super high tech. And it cost more than it cost more than a quarter to play. So all I could do was watch people play it, and I tried to play it, and I was horrible at it. My timing, I couldn't get the timing down right, and it would always die instantly. And I, I did spend a lot of time in the arcade watching other people play, just either in awe or wondering how far they would get compared to how I would do. Um, you know, there was a huge craze with arcade games. So Atari was the best outlet to do anything like that at home. The cost of the games was still high, so we didn't own a lot, but... Um, my uncle, when he would get a game, if the game was good or if I enjoyed it, 
you know, I would ask for that for my birthday or for Christmas. And, uh, I had a game called Adventure, which was very low tech. You were basically, your avatar was basically a little yellow square. Um, there were, uh, three dungeons, three castles to get into, and each of them had a corresponding key. You had to get the key to unlock the gate to get into the castle. And you had your home base was a castle also, so four castles. <clears throat> and you had to have the key to unlock the castle. Once you unlock the castle, you could get inside. Uh, there's a sword you could get. The sword was basically upside down. It looked like a pickaxe. And you'd grab the pickaxe, and you could grab it at an angle. And the, there were dragons, and the dragons kind of looked like ducks. But... If you get near their mouth, they could pull you in, even if you're holding the sword. So you always had to keep the sword pickaxe thing to your upper uh, upper left of your little square. And the best way to do it is to approach the duck from the back side of it. So when they when they would chomp at you, they could change direction left or right. But when they when they chomped at you, they were always facing left, so you would always try to get on the right side of them. And you could do this thing where you could, when they chomped, they would stop for a second. And when they were stopped, if you moved the opposite direction of their mouth, you could sometimes get around their head behind them and stab them with the pickaxe sword thing. Very bizarre. Hard to, I guess it's hard to understand without seeing it. There, You can Google Adventure Atari and you could see. And I think there's actually a demo you can play online. And there were lots of hidden areas in the game, Easter eggs. First Easter eggs I ever knew of uh, in a game. <clears throat> there were hidden walls and you there was this bridge you could pick up. You could only hold one item at a time, either a key, the sword, or a bridge. There's also a magnet, and the magnet would pull anything to it. So a key, the sword, uh, or the bridge. And the bridge allowed you to walk through walls. So you could drop it on one side of a wall, walk through the wall, pick the thing up, and move it somewhere else. Um, there were a lot of mazes to go through, so having the bridge allowed you to cut a lot of corners. The bad thing is the dragons could go through any walls. So if you're in the same area as a dragon, you had to move quickly or use the sword or get away. Um, they couldn't follow you to another room that you had locked with a key so you could get away from them. Uh, you just had to run. And there were three different color dragons. Uh, an easy one, a medium one, and a really hard one to get away from. Um, so I loved that game. I spent hours playing it, even after I had beat it and found out all the secrets. There was no Google. There was no Internet to go look it up on. You would read about it in magazines. So uh, it's interesting you know, finding out about the secrets like that were a big deal. Uh, I was very jealous of my friends that had the, in, uh, in, uh, what's the, Intella, Intellispace. 
Intellivision. And they had an Intellivision. They had a game on there, which was Dungeons and Dragons, which I played uh, in elementary school with some friends. Uh, so it like brought Dungeons and Dragons to life. Uh, I was so jealous of them, and I could never, you know, I'd go to their house and I would want to play that, and everybody else would want to play football or something like that, and it just, man, you couldn't play it long enough to get far enough in it, and I can't even remember if it saved your character if the game got turned off or whatever, but it was not one of those things that made um, a lasting impression because it was only in television. So, um, a friend of mine got a... Atari, I want to say 8,000. It was like advanced. It was, it was the next, it was the next closest thing I'd ever seen to a computer. Um, it had a keyboard. You had to program things. You, it had cartridges, but it also had tapes. Um, and you had to do things, um, that made it a lot, uh, a lot more advanced too advanced for me at the time um not as much fun as it was practical um a friend of mine's dad also worked i don't know what he did it was i think it was military but he brought in a k-pro um what and i'm putting in air quotes here a k-pro portable computer which was big. He had a dolly that he that he wheeled it in on to show us uh, what it was and how capable it was of doing, you know, performing mathematic calculations, stuff like that. That was my first exposure to a real computer. Um, <clears throat> when I was in school, after I graduated high school, didn't know what I was going to do. Um, went to college, uh, the best computers in college at the time, there were basically two options, the math department, which was all Unix based and I didn't have much exposure to at all and didn't really, um, well, I wasn't a good math student, so it wasn't really an option if I wanted to graduate. <coughs> the art department had all Macintosh computers, which, although I had had, my parents had bought a Apple IIc, um, which was awesome. I had a lot of exposure to a computer through that. Uh, one button mouse, dot matrix printer. I learned to do a lot of things on, uh, on that computer, but obviously that wasn't where my interest lied. It lied with windows um suddenly there was an opening at my school for people who were interested in learning windows for business uh in the theater department so i became a theater major um i got a lot of time on computers during that time uh I also got really involved in um, a game online called Mudding, 
Mudding is uh, a text-based game. It stands for multi-user dungeon. And because they had the internet at school, um, I was able to play, I was able to mud in my free time and play video games, basically. And it was very much Dungeon and Dragons, but it was all text-based. You had to read and understand um, what you were looking at. Um, There was no visual anything. You had to read it all. Um, I learned a lot of scripting. I became a very fast typist. Um, Although my, my limit, there was a limit to what I could type. My sentences were very short, but I could type, you know, north, 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 very quickly. Um, and I was actually able to learn scripting to uh, take shortcuts. So I credit a lot of what I learned about computers and gaming during that time period. Um, mudding was as close as I could get to human interaction, um, and gaming at the same time. Uh, you know, you'd take on the personality of the character, text-based, and I didn't really have any more exposure outside of that during that time. Friends of mine had, um, that worked with my brother had a, uh, Nintendo 64 um, and I did play Nintendo uh, Battletoads and uh, there was a robot baseball game I can't remember the name of which was awesome but we just learned to beat each other's robots up instead of scoring points we would hit the ball to them and beat the crap out of each other with it Uh, Contra and uh Um, other games like that. There were some racing games that I really got into. Those were fun. Road Rash uh, was the one that springs to mind. You know, get the fastest bike, go as fast as you can, try to live. Um, But that that pretty much sums up my uh, beginning interest into gaming and uh, formed a lot of who I am and, and what I'm like now. Um, I'd like to get into more in depth uh, about after college and uh, the direction I went, the games that I have played. So I'll wait the, for that for future episodes. I hope I haven't bored you. Um, I hope it has given you some uh, insight as to, uh, you know, what I'm like and where I'm from. Um, this is a longer episode. This is almost, you could consider this a double episode because they're running up on 20 minutes, and I apologize for that. But um, future episodes I, of when I talk about gaming, I'll go into detail about the, some of the games that I've played. And um, I appreciate your time. I, I I noticed that my podcast is being broadcast to more um, podcast stations now. I don't know exactly what that means. Maybe it'll bring in more listeners. Um, I still haven't figured out how to get feedback from people. So I just hope you guys are enjoying it. Hang in there.
bear with me as I learn. And if you're interested, if there's any way I could think of, uh, maybe I'll come up with an email so people could email me and let me know. That might that might work for future podcasts. But um, anyway, I hope it sparks some interest. And uh, look forward to talking to you again on the next one. Love you guys. Bye.